Hey, it's episode 82 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. All right, everybody, crack one open and pour a little out. El Carl is still on assignment. Uh, this is the 82nd episode of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Joining me for the first part of our show today is Mr. Gary Mahaffey. Gary, how are you? I am doing very well. We've had our first storm of the winter season over the last couple of days here, but we've managed to survive it very well. So, I always wonder what the rest of the world does when America shuts down for Thanksgiving. Do you guys just... What do you do? You like yeah, point, I do. point at turkeys and laugh. Like, what do you do? We, we do have Black Friday seals now. They've they've yeah. worked their way across. To be fair, so and we do have turkey at Christmas instead of Thanksgiving. But okay, all right. Well, I'll say Happy Thanksgiving to the other guys. To you, I just say Happy Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna be making our picks for all of the week of uh, this week's shows. Those picks are sponsored by ProWrestlingPickem.com, where you can play against your friends or play against the universe so do log on to prowrestlingpickem.com and you can make your picks for this weekend war games show which is going to be main eventing our show today we'll have graphics throughout presented by me at minutes to bell time.com john decani is also going to be bringing us up to, uh, to date on everything that happened at impact wrestle house on thanksgiving we have our first match for wwe's day one pay-per-view on january 1st the second round of the tbs championship tournament on aew is coming to a close this week but like i've said gary we are curtain jerking the show with you and so i ask where the f is walter (laughs) (laughs) it's been two weeks since we had a show there's been no developments (laughs) no i i literally i have no idea. At this point, I was going, okay, he'll be here, he'll appear there. I'm not sure. Unless he, he could end up at the Royal Rumble for all we know. But, yeah. um, I, it was like a couple weeks ago, I was watching NXT over here, stateside, and I heard Imperium's music. And I'm like, what's, yeah. he doing? what's he doing here? And it was it was Bartel yeah. and Eichner. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad you'd be disappointed to see the tag champs, but they, they, they were. <laughs> well, we'll keep our eyes, our, our eyes peeled for that, but in the meantime, Jordan Devlin had a match with Mark Andrews to open up NXT UK this past week on Thursday. It went about nine, almost ten minutes. Uh, Jordan Devlin got the win, Gary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those matches, actually, when you when you see who's going to wrestle, you go, ooh, because um, you know how good it's going to be. And I mean, I know they, they could they could have done a lot, a lot more, but I think what they did was great. Um, and it, it does have to be said, I watched it, I kind of rewound over and over when it came to the end and when he hit the Devlin side suplex, he dropped him. I mean, he, Mark Andrews took quite the bump on his sort of neck or more of his shoulder and I actually rewound a few times because I saw him holding it and went, I know it's a thing for Flash Morgan Webster on his shoulder. I thought, are they making this, a, so I don't know what, but he seemed to land pretty heavy on it, so hopefully he's okay, but. Good match, yeah. Good, good match. It's interesting to me. Um, subculture seems to have gotten a lot more television time, say, in the last month or six weeks. 
if and, and despite losing these matches, it still feels like they're they're getting a bit of a push. Yeah. You know, um, Mark Andrews is sort of leaning into the the role that you, that you've always you know you always talked about him, and he's kind of like a veteran in the backstage yeah. area, even though he's still kind of a young guy, um, and he's a smaller guy, but he's he's kind of got that mystique about him. No, it's very much so. They, I mean, they they were, as I said before, they were a group subculture when I saw when they put it together and with the, the entrance video and stuff, they were something that I could have seen Hunter saying, let's just give us a wee run for a few months across the water and see. No, it'll not happen, obviously. But uh, unfortunately, but as you say, they really do, even if they're losing some matches, they still seem to be very much behind them. So. Yeah, they, they're kind of like on the upswing, even though they're losing a match here and there. So since Gala announced that we are getting the NXT UK tag team title match, uh, it won't be this week. It'll be next week. So we've got Bait and Seven versus Pretty Deadly. So uh, we know the date for that match. Um, yeah. You calling for t- new tag champs? Or is it going to break down your... your, your I... I still think this is. I think this is the break. I mean, I'm looking. I, I mean, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for Chance Seven to, to turn the whole way along, and I think this will be it because he's been so much focused of now we can focus on the tag team. Now we can focus on the tag team, and yeah. then I think they'll fall short, and then they blame Tyler Bate, and then we'll kind of have the the rumble in the mountain. It's, but, I mean, it's interesting though. Like, what could Trent Seven do that's going to upset Tyler Bate? Tyler Bates like so <laughs> then now it's like yeah. you can run him over with a truck and I think Tyler Bate would say, you know just kind of brush it off you know <laughs> we'll see um, Isla Dawn she got a win over Aaliyah James four and a half minutes uh, Isla Dawn gave Aaliyah James back her scrunchie <laughs> yeah because it, it's been quite funny I was looking at this going is it going to be a case of oh if I lose a match I'll take something off you but if I win here you can have it back you, you've served your purpose so I'm not sure what that was and it was good because I was glad to see somebody like Leah James say get another match and get, get some more exposure but to bring her then into this storyline of going why is she giving her it back and it could just be nothing or it could very much be oh she's trying to make an allegiance she's trying to say I respect you type thing. So it was it was a bit cookie, but at the same time it was intriguing. So are you indicating that there might be some mystical powers that have been you know put yeah. into it? That's it. <laughs> we just put something back onto that and let's say whenever Aaliyah James wears it now, it'll be some sort of mind control device or something. Okay. Well if Aaliyah James lo- all her hair falls out or something, then we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the women's division, though, Zaya Brookside went to see Sid Scala, and she said, hey, Sid, have you worked it out? When's my match with Mako? And he's like, I wasn't taking on that assignment. What are you talking about? Well, Daddy said you would have me have me mm-hmm. put in the match. So Sid finally has had enough listening to Zaya Brookside, and he's giving her the match, and he's giving it to her next week. And my graphic here says, uh, calls Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Mako Satamora versus Zaya Brookside. And from what we can tell from the from Twitter, this is for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And I know, Gary, you were calling for Zaya to take the title. Is that right? Isn't that what you said pre-production? What, did I miss that? What was that? No, I can't say. I honestly do think that 
And I, I love, I, whenever they started to turn that Brookside heel, I went, this isn't going to work. You can't do that. But by introducing her dad, Robbie Brookside, into it, you go, oh, okay, making her like the sport daddy's girl. Okay. And I think this will be another case of that Mako will go through her, not necessarily massively quickly, but will go through her. Um, and when she does, that she'll just throw another hissy fit and blame everybody, and it'll be Molly McKenzie's fault that probably lead to maybe the wee mini feud with Molly McKenzie or the like. So, or sorry, Amelia McKenzie. Is Robbie Brookside here in the states, or is he over there in the UK right now? As far as I know, he's in the states. Um, It'd be very interesting if he were to come out with her. Yeah, you know, that would definitely be a development that I don't know people are expecting. No, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think they are said. Do you think he's in the States? But I could very well see him, even if he is in the States, you could see them bringing him in to a few little videos or vignettes or phone calls or Skype calls or Zooms between her and him. You could see him being on on the show yeah. for a bit. So, Well, Nina Samuels walked up to uh, Mako partway through the show. And just to kind of, well, it's the Nina Samuels show. So she just wanted to know what Mako was doing, prepare for the match. She was, in fact, training. And as you pointed out, in the background was uh, Blair Davenport. No date yet on this match. Of course, now I have this graphic that I pre-made all this time ago. Uh, It could be Blair Davenport versus Zion Brookside. (laughs) Um, Although I don't don't necessarily see any chance of that happening. No. But I did, I mean, it's like when I was saying to you in pre-production, if if you go back, if anybody's listening to this, if you go back and have a little watch, just in that Nina Samuels show bit, you can just see, as I said, you Blair Davenport sitting in the background watching it. You hardly know she was there. I just saw her and watched it a couple of times. And you see her sort of nodding, shrug her shoulders. And that's it. There's no attention brought to her. But she's just left in the background that you know the next time she's on TV, she could be like, I sat and watched you there and you thought you're thinking of her, you're not worrying about me. And so it was, I, I, I like, there's tiny things that got I like. Yeah, yeah, I like that stuff too. Um, sticking with the women's division, they had a big chunk of the show here. Uh, Ginny. Yeah, Ginny. Ginny your, your favorite. Oh. She got a win over Angel Hayes, two minutes, 37 seconds. A bunch of interesting developments here though. Hmm. She took out apparently... Danny Luna for a long time, yeah. is what she said. Joseph Connors is out of the picture. No idea what's going to happen to him. Uh, Gary, any thoughts on Joseph Connors? Like, wh- what's going to happen with him? I really don't know. And he appears to have deleted quite a lot of stuff off his Twitter. And not it's not deactivated, but it's very. So I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of trying to do a wee bit of digging to find out. Um, I did think it was very strange. I mean, when they said about. Um, when they came out at first and said about Danny Luna, I thought, okay, she's injured, something's happened. But mm-hmm. when they just kind of went, I'm out here on my own, I'm doing it myself, I thought, oh, they've dropped Joseph Connors like a brick here. What's happened? Yeah. So I don't know what's kind of gone on. Where, what's, um, you Do you know what the deal with Danny is too? Because I was... I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I was going to say I'd heard a knee injury. I don't know if that's right or not. Um... But I wanna I wanna try to say I'm trying to check out as well. I had heard that she was that she was injured, but um and was out for a bit, which is a bit unfortunate obviously because Flash Morgan Webster's out as well. So it's 
yeah. like three thirds of subculture is out. But right, um, I'll get that Mark Andrews main event run yet. <laughs> Plus, Mark Andrews got dropped on his shoulder pretty hard. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, main event of NXT UK this past week was Noam Dar versus Sam Gradwell. Gradwell had played some politics throughout the episode to get this switched over to an NXT UK Heritage Cup match. It was. Uh, and Noam Dar wins by submission in a rare four-round match. Usually these go five at least, right? Um, yeah. But they split, they, they split the first and second. And then Noam got the uh, got the win in the fourth round with with the what's what's it called the champagne super. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting. It was almost like throughout the whole program they couldn't quite decide if they wanted um, Sam Grabwell to to be the face in the match or not. It seemed to me like they were, although the crowd didn't seem to go for him. The crowd who were there. We're very much cheering for Noam, and and he and Shad did try to to turn him or whatever. But you do have to say, and the esteemed Mister Al Carl will be very pleased when I do say it. Like you, can, every time Noam Dar's on TV, you know you're going to get a good match or you're going to get an interesting segment. He just sure. literally is like one of the MVPs of that promotion at the moment, without a doubt. Um, I mean, you know he's there. You just love it, and he. I think she'd hold this um she'd hold like this title for a long time. She'd keep it the Heritage Cup for a while. Um, yeah, I think so remember. too. And like, you know, you mentioned every time he's on TV and, and he was on in this episode like three or four times. Yeah. Right? Between the Shaw Samuels walking up to the door knocking on it, and it was like a party inside because no one yeah. was still was still celebrating. <laughs> and, and then the whole interaction with Sid Scala. So Nomdar all over this show. Yeah. The big match to see, sorry, as you say, sorry. And then one of those segments, obviously, you had Johnny Saint back. Yeah. Um, who's obviously been brought cryogenically on frozen and he's back again. So he's <laughs> reappeared from wherever he was. Um <laughs> I mean, I know why he wasn't about obviously because of COVID and stuff, you're taking no chances with somebody that age, but Sure. Uh, it was nice to see him back. I don't know how long he'll be back for, but it was good to see him. Yeah, the uh, the talent seemed very fearful of him, as opposed yeah. to Sid, Sid, who they like bully, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but main event next weekend, or I guess main event, or main event of this segment, main event of next week's show is going to be the NXT UK Championship match. You've got Rampage Brown. We've been talking about this match for probably three to four weeks now, yeah. Rampage Brown challenging Dragunov for the championship. Uh, we heard some comments from both of them during last week's show. And I don't know. It comes down to this. Is it going to be the situation where Ilya has a short title run or is it going to be Rampage Brown running away with it? What's your? This is your final chance to put in a prediction. I know. I can't quite decide. if I've spent like the last week flipping an invisible coin, saying what way I think it's going to go. And I I can make big arguments either way. And I was trying to look at the roster and see who there was coming up and who they were kind of focusing on or what was what was going on. So I could see, oh, because I've said the whole way along, I thought Rampage Brown was for it, but I'm going to go Dragunov. Okay. I'm going to be wrong, maybe, but I'm going to go Dragunov. And then at some point, 
Um, you'll have um, the family in inverted commas. They'll head towards them, I think, maybe. But um, but I could see Dragunov taking this one. For a second there, I thought you were calling for both titles to change next week, both uh, <laughs> side winning and, uh, <laughs> and... And then the tag the week after, I'm just swap them all. And then... Yeah, there you go. Uh, they also kind of were setting up Kenny Williams and Mark Andrews, but they didn't give us the, you know a definitive that's going to be yeah. next week or anything. But that could be next week. And um, boy, Kenny Williams is such a jerk after that split. Yeah. He's like, he's the, you look, you just look at him and you hate him. So yeah, but he needs still needs to grow the beard back. I'm sorry, yeah. in my opinion, um, <laughs> he still needs the beard. He's accessorizing, right? Doesn't he had like sunglasses or something? You know? yeah. he's, he's trying. He's yeah. putting some effort in. He's, it probably took him six years to grow the beard. So now he's, <laughs> yeah, so now he's working on it again. All right, Gary, anything else before we uh, bid you adieu? Anything you want to say to John Smith as he comes in? Yeah, no, you, you'll have to get somebody to let me know because obviously I'm, I'm not sure what, what the, the NXT standings are on, on Pro Wrestling Pick'em. So, when, oh. when when those when those scores come up, you'll have you'll have to get somebody to let me know just to see how I'm doing. Because obviously, I mean, John Smith's bound to be top of it. I mean, he's yeah. NXT, like he's he's, the, he's like he's the Don, he's the Godfather. So like you know, maybe. so some I'm sure somebody well, let me it know. It just so happens doing. that Al Carl sent me those standings. Oh, uh, really? Earlier, oh. And, and, and look at that. You, uh, I can't now. I can't say anything. Right, I'm a solid 23 points back of the leader. <laughs> It was you up on John Smith by nine points. So Would get you your look at that. Get oh, your work man. against picks correct, though. If not, <laughs> if not, that could flip. That's a short margin. All right, All right Gary. Well, right. thank you very much, sir. We will uh, bid you adieu, and we will bring yep. in John and John to, uh, to finish out the show. Here goes Gary. Read between the lines, Gary. Read between the lines. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I can see that he's laughing backstage, which is <laughs> hey, and also I, I have a better record. So if you know if things were went my way, the record would count more than points. You do have a better record by one match, yeah. By one match, yes. I'm one I'm one better than Gary. Yeah, and yep. That's that's how I that's how I'll spin it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to pivot and we're going to talk about some AEW. Uh starting with Dynamite from last week. CM Punk and MJF lit things up for the first 15 minutes of Dynamite. Highly rated segment on their uh, Thanksgiving Eve episode. Uh, we don't have a date yet for this match that we're building towards the CM Punk versus MJF, but we do have a couple of big AEW shows coming up. They got Winter is Coming on December 15th and Battle of the Belts on January 8th, although there's no belt involved here, so I don't think that'll happen. But uh, I guess I'll throw to you guys real quick. This is. This is kind of a, a tough one. You know, MJF doesn't lose a lot of matches, and CM CM Punk has not lost the match yet. Is this where CM Punk takes his first L, you guys think? I think so. Uh, I think MJF will do whatever he needs to do to make it happen. I don't I don't anticipate it being a clean victory, but you know if CM Punk really wants to like help the next generation, this is like a perfect way to do it. 
Yeah, and, and John, the kind of the other thing is MJF has a lot of friends. CM Punk exactly. He's got the ring. He's got Wardlow. He's got Spears. And, you know, if their contract with uh, uh, Andrade runs out, he's even got FTR. So, yeah, there, there's lots of ways he can win in a uh, unclean fashion. Right. What well, way that would protect CM Punk, I guess, a bit. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm kind of leaning that way. We'll, we don't have to pick the match this week, but I bet you when we do pick it, we will be picking it for points. So we'll have to see how this story develops. Um, but, yeah, early indication, I think all of us are on the same page. Punk is probably going to lose this match. Okay. So the Gun Club had a rare dynamite appearance where they beat up and defeated Bear Country. After the match, we got an altercation between Sting and Darby and the Gun Club. And turns out Gun Club's making that rare appearance two weeks in a row. They're ha- they have a tag team match against sting and darby so it's billy and colton versus darby and sting uh and john smith i'll throw to you first who do you got uh you got it's got to be sting and darby why do we want this match though i don't get it why are we seeing this (laughs) now so another fact gun club is undefeated in tag teams or trios competition colton gun is actually undefeated in singles competition so they've been kind of building that up for a while, but they really haven't had a match against anybody, so to speak, yet. So this is this is kind of the first big match that they've had. And I guess it's a way to get Sting on television. John DeCani, thoughts? Yeah, I think if, if Sting's actually going to crawl inside the ropes, uh, you know, in between the bells, I expect him to win. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Gun Club has made a good showing. Uh, you know, the few times that we've seen them on the uh, the two main shows there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure once again, they'll they'll put up a good fight, but I assume the, the Stinger will will uh, come out victorious. Yeah, so for me, if points were on the line, I'd pick Sting and Darby. But since they're not, I'm going to lean a little bit into the gun club and say they might continue their undefeated streak that, you know, hopefully they're building to at least a tag team title match that they lose, you know, that not – just a random dynamite match. So, you think it'll be a raw, a raw roll up? It certainly won't be clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Austin Gunn on the outside, maybe he hits uh, Sting or Darby with a chair, and then the roll up for the win. Yeah, something like that. TBS title tournament action continued last week. Uh, we had Thunder Rosa defeating Jamie Hader. Which brings our our tournament to this point. We have the second round matches are almost all complete. We only have Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander left. That'll be this week. But as of right now, everybody who got a buy in the first round has advanced to the second round. And I think that's the story as we go into this match this week that we have to pick Chris Statlander versus Ruby. Will it just be that that first and second round didn't matter, and all we had to do, we just had to put you know the four top contenders in a in a couple of matches? Uh, John Nakani, start with you on this one. Is it going to be Chris Statlander or is it going to be Ruby Soho? I'm going to go with Ruby here. I, I think uh, that's for the very reason that you uh, just laid out. You know, if we just go chalk with the four people who got the buys, then what was the point of the opening round? Uh, so, uh, and, and Ruby, the fans are behind Ruby. Not that 
they're not behind Statlander, but Ruby seems to have the momentum here, so I think she'll uh, move on. All right. When the when the bell rings, John, at the end of the match, are we going to be all singing Destination Unknown? Ruby, Ruby, uh, Ruby, Ruby, <laughs> Soho? I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I, I called Statlander to win this whole thing from the get-go, so I can't go against her now. You know, I definitely could see Ruby winning. In fact, you know, she probably will now that I think about it, but I'm not picking her. I got to pick my girl, Chris Statlander. She should be the one that wins this belt. All right. I'll pick Statlander too because, boy, the best friends in, in general are having a bad go of things these days. So I'll pick Statlander too. They need a little pick me up. Yeah. On Dynamite last week, Brian Danielson continued his uh, assault on the Dark Order. He defeated Colt Boom Boom Cabana. And then he says, well, we're going to be in Atlanta next week, so give me somebody from the Dark Order from Atlanta. So he's getting Allen Angels this week. So in a match that should be pretty easy for everybody to pick, I think we'll all have the same pick here. Uh, John Smith, Allen Angels, right? You know it on opposite day. <laughs> John DeCotti. Yeah, yeah, give me D. Bry or Bry, Bry Dan or whatever the hell. Is <laughs> B. Dry. B. Um, <laughs> B dry. The, <laughs> the American Dragon. <laughs> there you go. All right, Malachi Black, Andrade, and FTR. They got a win over Cody Rhodes and Death Triangle. It was Black Mist into the face of Pac, followed by Andrade's Hammerlock DDT to get the win there. And that sets us up for another Cody versus Andrade match. Uh, it's an Atlanta street fight. I'm sure John Smith is picking Cody because Cody's booking it, right? So uh, we'll start with John DeConi. We'll we'll save that comment for a second down the road. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that once again, they continue to make sense with this booking as opposed to just booking it the way the EVPs like it. And Andrade, he's got you know plenty of backup. Who It's a street fight, so obviously there are no rules. There are no disqualifications. So not that Andrade couldn't beat Cody to begin with, but he's also got very willing help. So I will say that Andrade beats Cody Rhodes. John Smith, I can't tell if they're going to try to lean into all the heat on Cody right now. And, you know, he's getting booed a lot, a lot more than he used to anyway. And are they going to lean into that? Or are they going to, you know, continue to try to make Cody a, a face here? And how does that influence this match, I guess? Uh, I, I, will they lean into it? I don't I don't know if if Cody's ready to say, like, uh, like I'm ready to be a heel. I think the fans hate me. But uh, – if he wins here, though, he'll get he'll get his butt booed out of the building, right? I mean, yeah. Well, it would be a perfect place, the perfect time and place to like turn heel, I guess, because it's also in Atlanta, like WCW. Like you can make some yeah. sort of connection there, you know. Um, but Cody's booking it. Cody's winning it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna go with that. And uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, maybe Arn Anderson will fucking shoot somebody or something. <laughs> It's a street uh, fight. Anything goes. If Arn pulled out a squirt gun, that would be the best. <laughs> or, or the classic bang, like Austin with the gun yes. and McMahon. I don't know if that flies in 2021. That was great when it happened, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll I see. hear explosions. 
Remember that Todd <laughs> Pettengill talking about uh, Brian Pillman? Oh yeah. When yeah. when the gun when he was the gunshots, I hear explosions. <laughs> All right, Josh, to stick with you. We're gonna switch over to Rampage. Uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish going up against Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta in the opening contest last Friday. Yeah, so I mean, we got a nice long match between them. It took a couple segments of the, at the beginning of the show. Um, both Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy are equally over. They did their whole thing at the beginning. You know, uh, Cassidy was about to put the hands in the pockets, and he stopped them. Did the Adam Cole baby? Uh, we finally got the hands in the pockets like halfway through the match, and everybody popped for it. Um, you know. Nice match, no no crazy spots, but then at the end we got a nice Falcon Arrow though from uh, Bobby Fish off the top rope. That was a that was a That's hell fun. of a of a move. That's the spot of the night right there. You know, after a little interference from Adam Cole on the outside, you know, making sure everything happens the way they wanted it to, and they get the three count. I really didn't expect Bobby Fish to be the one who got the <clears throat> either, but that was a pretty impressive move. Uh, and after after doing it, like it's got to be the finish. So mm. I'm glad I'm glad he got the finish there. It's nice. Okay, Riho got a win over Britt Baker in a Friday Black Friday deal match, which sets up Britt Baker and Riho for a title match. They have not said when it's going to be. I just mentioned earlier though, we got winners coming December fifteenth. We got Battle of the Belts January eighth. But there is a title match coming up. It'll be the current champ versus the first champ. Um, any early thoughts, guys? Do you, you think this is going to be a title change, or you think this is just a notch on Britt Baker's belt? Yeah, I think it's just Britt taking out another former champ, and it wraps up uh, Riho's storyline because I guess I don't remember exactly what was happening when she lost, but apparently she never really got a rematch. So you get to check that box too. Uh, that would be my guess. Yeah, it seems, like, but it seems like Britt will have that belt for quite a while. I don't see any real contender showing her face right now. Especially with the fact that they can, they've can, they got a second belt coming in that they can change that belt if they want. They don't need to change yeah. this one. Yeah, Britt Baker, Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any touch in her right now. She's As CM Punk said, she's one of the four pillars. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, John DeCani, Eddie Kingston, he took his turn with Daniel Garcia on Rampage. Yeah, and we got our, uh, you know, we got our mandatory split-screen interview uh, with Mark Henry beforehand, where uh, Daniel Garcia reminded us that he is once again in a main event, so good for him. And uh, Eddie Kingston just wanted uh, Blockhead from 2.0 to shut up. Uh, we, we get to the main event, and... It was very physical. I mean, you know, obviously Eddie, anything Eddie Kingston in, is in is going to be, uh, as JR would call it, a slobber knocker. But uh, Daniel Garcia hung with him. And in fact, he, uh, you know, he led the dance for a, a decent portion of the match. Uh, there was a uh, portion of the match where he had Kingston down. He went into full mount. He started dropping hammer fists on him. I think I had a flash like it was a UFC fight. Kingston went limp. It looked like he was out cold. Uh, but they, they battled back and forth. Kingston eventually uh, would uh, hit a half-and-half half suplex, uh, drop Garcia almost right on his head. And then he missed with the first spinning back fist, but he, he continued right back around and hit him with the second one to get the one, two, three. And Eddie Kingston gets the victory. 
Then 2.0 immediately, you know, they had been, you know, uh, grabbing at ankles and whatnot and just being pains in the ass throughout the entire match and not getting caught. Uh, and then right after the match, they jumped right in, jumped all over Kingston to the point where it brought Le Champion off of commentary down the ramp. And uh, he saved Eddie Kingston and cleared the ring of uh, Garcia and 2.0. So Jericho and Kingston don't make good friends, I don't think. Like, that doesn't seem to be an alliance that makes any sense whatsoever. Nah. However, <laughs> Daniel Garcia, I feel there's hardly anybody in wrestling that he hasn't, outside of WWE, that he hasn't wrestled this year, it seems like. He's wrestled all the top guys. In the and had really good matches with. Yes. Yep. So he's, he's on that. He's, like, right below Dante Martin on that. Uh, you know, on the come, he's up and coming. He's, um, you know, he's just going out there every chance he gets and proving this kid can go. Yes, absolutely. Well, speaking of somebody who can go, I got two of them to talk about here. We have a TNT championship match coming up on Rampage this week. It is Sammy Guevara versus the premier athlete, Tony Nice, making his Rampage debut. Um, John Smith. Tony Nese wasn't really an NXT guy, but he was on NXT a bunch. Um, member of the 205 Live roster. What do you think? Uh, I, I just don't think they're going to put it on him. Uh, he's not the one that's going to beat Sammy. No, I got Sammy winning this one. Yeah, I'm not sure he's credentialed enough yet. John DeCani, your thoughts? Yeah, I would have to concur. Sammy will retain here, although it, uh, it'll, it'll probably be a, a heck of a match. Yeah, I have a. It could be a very good match, right? Yeah. It could be. It could be like. Uh, I, I assume it'll be the main. It probably won't be the main event, but it'll. So it'll probably open, but it could be a hell of a match. So, let's uh let's hope for that. The uh, the match that might main event Rampage this week is a two out of three falls match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. FTR challenging the Lucha Bros. Uh, we are seeing a lot of this match, and this match is happening for the AAA titles and the AEW titles, and it's happening in Mexico, and it's happening on at, you know pay-per-view. Here we are on Friday night television. Uh, John DeCani, title change? Oh, man, you know, it, it almost feels like it would be really interesting if it did happen, but I just I can't I can't bet against the Lucha Bros this relatively early in their in their tag title run here i i know they you know it's not like they just won them last week they haven't had them that long yet and they tend to have longer runs in AEW. so i'm gonna say lucha bros retain here but uh this this match could really be the entire you know they, they could have booked one match for rampage and i'd have been perfectly happy yeah you know john DeCani has a point john smith but ftr is the g the GTTOATs. So. <laughs> the Gatotes. <laughs> the Gatotes, yeah. The, you know what? Give me the Gatotes in this one. You know, oh. not that I want them to that, not that I want the Lucha Brothers to, to lose this or anything, but uh you know, two out of three falls, it just smells like Luchas get the first pin, then FTR finds a way to, to get it done, and then they can Drop them right back to them at the next pay per view or something. They are wrestling each other in Mexico for the AAA can, titles, so it could and, just be a double switch, maybe. Yeah, and they could. Um, what was I going to say? I just drew a blank now. 
anyway, continue. They could flip them back at the pay-per-view. They could do both belts on the line at the at the AAA show. All kinds of weird stuff could happen. This this I don't think is well, I know it's not the last time we'll have the opportunity to see the Lucha Bros versus FTR, but I bet it's not the last time we see it in AEW either. So that triple A matches that take place before or after this two out of three falls. After. So yeah. All right. So Impact Wrestling on Thanksgiving night this past week. We're gonna switch over to Impact. Uh it was Wrestle House. Uh, the whole show, John DeConi, what the hell is going on <laughs> on Impact this past week? Yeah, you know, I knew that, you know, they were calling it the Wrestle House special, Thanksgiving special. I thought maybe it would be the first hour. And then, so, like, as I'm taking my notes, I'm, 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 uh, I'm annotating everything with, okay, this segment is Wrestle House. This segment is Wrestle House. Then I'm, now we're past the one hour mark. And I'm going, holy crap, the whole show is Wrestle House. <laughs> it's it's a shame because this really would have played out well had they drug it out you know throughout two months or whatever uh like they did last time but uh yeah they i guess it's all to set up the next impact plus special throwback throwdown which they haven't done since two exactly mm-hmm. which they haven't done since 2019 which was kind of their answer to wwe southpaw regional wrestling that they did back in 2017 where they just you know, the the whole roster become different characters and it's old like it's old regional wrestling it's old territory style wrestling uh and we saw this early on uh they get in the house we find out that the whole purpose that they're there is because Johnny Bravo feels bad for his buddy Johnny Swinger he's down in the dumps and the last time he was truly happy was in Wrestle House so let's go back to Wrestle House. Well, they get there, and Swinger's absolutely miserable. <laughs> he wants nothing to do with any of it. He's the first guy who tries to leave, and we are reminded of the rule that if you try to leave Wrestle House, you will be met with your greatest fear, which Johnny Swinger finds the first time he opens a door on his way trying to get out of the house, <laughs> and he is met by the ghost of Rizat's past. <laughs> Some random blonde in a bedroom holding a baby swaddled in a uh, you know, <laughs> <leopard> skin blanket <laughs> basically says, it's yours. <laughs> he freaks out. He runs back. It's just, it's, it's just, it, it was so much fun. I, I found myself rewinding over and over again. Cause I didn't want to miss a line. Cause everything, I mean, it, what the, the opening match is set up by the fact that everybody's in the, like in the foyer of the house. And then they realize, wait a minute, there's one more person that we teleported here that we haven't seen yet. Where is, and all of a sudden, like Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, there's smoke in the room. And here comes Chris Saban shirtless walking down the hall. <laughs> and Swingerella number two is in love with Saban. And we find out her name is Riley. But Caleb has started to crush on Riley so he's not pleased with Saban, and that leads us to <laughs> Chris Saban getting a win over Caitlin <laughs> with a K, with a K. Yeah. Uh, and then that takes us back to uh, uh, this is the tie-in with Throwback Throwdown. So now, you know, Springer's still miserable, and somebody pops in an old and now in this this beautiful house that they're in. There's a nice flat screen. 
but they have a VCR set up. So someone pops in an old VHS of what the hell they call it again? IPWF, which apparently is Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation. Okay. That is that's the gimmick that was the original throwback throwdown. And they say, oh, yeah, Swinger used to talk about this old territory all the time. And his best buddy who used to wrestle for them, who was the champ down there, Downtown Daddy Brown. Well, Downtown <laughs> Daddy Brown is just Willie Mack with a little gray put into his hair and his beard. And he's an old man now. He's walking around with a cane. He's had a hip replacement. And, of course, they bring him into the house because, you know, Rosemary can just snap her fingers and teleport people. And, of course, the minute Bravo and downtown Daddy Brown see each other, they're at each other's throats because Swinger slept with his daughter and they left things not on the, you know, not on the the best terms. So this leads us to our second match. Which is downtown Daddy Brown getting a win over Johnny Swinger. (laughs) Without almost moving at all. He just, (laughs) I'm trying to remember, he might have actually had his cane in the ring with him for part of it. But he clearly was, you know, uh, he was selling a, you know, a bad hip, and he wound up going downtown with a big elbow drop, and that was enough to get the victory. So now we're back in the house. They're trying to figure out how the hell do we get out of here. Madison just wants to get out of here because this whole thing was in a time warp. It it, it, all, it took place a week before Thanksgiving, and then led up to Thanksgiving by the end of it. Well, so Madison just wants to get out so she can be with her family on Thanksgiving. So they start they start choosing upsides because uh, Madison's willing to fight. Let's you know, like uh, some of us want to go home, some of us want to stay here. Anyone who wants to wants to go home, come over with me. So she's over there. Uh, she's got Caleb, of course, with her. Alicia's there. Hernandez wants out. Everyone else kind of stays with Rosemary and Decay. They're okay with staying. They got nothing better to do. They're having fun. So they need one more person to wrestle. So Alicia says, bring in Eddie. They bring in Eddie. This leads us to our third match. Decay and Chris Saban get a win over Madison, Caleb, Hernandez, Alicia, and Eddie Edwards. Okay, so now we're back in the house. Madison's still pissed off. Eddie and Alicia are, you know, christening every room they can they're they're kind of sneaking off uh, without anybody oh uh somebody comes up with the idea of well if, if we're gonna make johnny happy maybe the way we make him happy is by get, getting him a girlfriend we've got swingerella number one here who we already know is kind of into him but he's completely ignoring her how do you get him to pay attention you make him jealous by her bringing in a boyfriend. So Rosemary, you know, wiggles her nose or whatever she does to uh, teleport <laughs> people. And we get the return of Lawrence D. And we find out that it's his house, apparently. I don't know why, but... And so that answers the reason of why people had been saying in the first couple of segments, what is that smell in here? Well, it's, it's ring rust, of course. Uh, and... That does nothing. Swinger's really not even paying attention. So then Crazy Steve comes up with an idea. Go back to old school days. Madison Rain sits down with her co-host, Johnny Swinger, in locker room talk. And who do they bring in as their guest? The person that Johnny Swinger thinks is Gene Simmons. 
Of course, Gene Simmons is played by the demon, who literally just last week Johnny Johnny Springer had a problem with, but yet he doesn't realize it when he's sitting right next to him. <laughs> uh, so Gene Simmons teaches him that, you know, maybe what you need is someone to come home to, and that snaps Johnny right out of it. Yes, you know, maybe I can make Swingerella number one my one and only. So... Johnny goes back to Swingerella. Lawrence D is still there. He's not pretending anymore to be her boyfriend. He's now smitten. He's fallen in love. So that leads us to our next match. And Johnny Swinger gets a rare victory over Lawrence D. <laughs> and he was he was able to use a little Fuji dust. Uh, he he brought back the swing. I had to remember what the name of his finisher was. The swing thing. It, it was glorious. <laughs> God. So now, okay, yeah. Jesus, I'm trying to remember. It's so much happened. So now Swinger decides this is going to be his gal. He proposes. Uh, he gets Hernandez to be his best man. There's not going to be a bachelor party, so that's okay. But we're we're moving towards a wedding. But Hernandez, as he's getting ready to be the best man, he's getting all dressed up. He overhears Bravo and Rosemary talking and going all the way back to last week, the price of getting Rosemary to bring everyone to wrestling house was that Bravo had to give up some of his virgin blood. Basically at the end of this segment, Bravo is uh, scheduled to die. <laughs> giving up himself just to make his buddy swinger happy. So Hernandez overhears this. He threatens to out everybody. Rosemary does some magic and, you know, erases his mind somehow. And to try and shut him up, we wind up with match number five. Black Taurus defeats Hernandez in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end of this match, Hernandez doesn't know which way is up. He actually leaves the segment saying, I got to go find Homicide and Conan. <laughs> The Rosemary is using all of her powers. So we get to our final couple of segments here. Uh, no more. I don't think there's any more matches. No. Nope. Uh, it leads to Eddie Edwards being the next person to overhear what's going on between Rosemary and Bravo. And he says, you know, I'm not going to let Johnny Bravo die just you know, so we can all make Swinger happy. He's a miserable prick to begin with. Well, you know, what do we care? Well, Rosemary can't have that either. She mind erases him and transports him mentally back to Brian Cage's wedding in 2000, uh, 2019, where Eddie Edwards was a drunken mess falling all over himself who ruined that wedding. So <laughs> he's a disaster. He comes, you know, uh, Swinger and Swingerella number one, who we found out her name is Broomhilda. <laughs> they're at the altar they're ready to go and Eddie stumbles in a drunken mess he can't get out the words but just the fact that he's like pointing at Rosemary and drawing attention to the fact that something's not right here it sparks a memory in Hernandez and Hernandez goes oh yeah that's right this is all Rosemary's you know plot to get Bravo's blood none of us really need to be here this is all crap you know we don't need this and somehow in the middle of all this, Bravo decides it's time to, you know, the gig is up. He now admits to Rosemary, he's not a virgin. 
<laughs> and the person he's been sleeping with is Swinger's betrothed, Swingerella number one. <laughs> Blows up the whole wedding. But Swinger, the, see, the, the, the gimmick here was they were there. Last time it was there was there as long as it takes. And that was as long as it took for Bravo to propose to Rosemary. This time it was as long as it takes for Swinger just to be happy and thankful. And in this moment, we get our big reveal that Johnny Swinger is thankful. He's thankful that this whole mess at the altar has reminded him of the number two most important rule in wrestling, never fall in love with a Rizat. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out Bravo proposes to uh, Broomhilda. They're married. The, uh, the post-ceremony feast turns into a Thanksgiving feast, and everyone goes home happy. John Smith, do you watch any of this? <laughs> I did not see any of it, unfortunately, but I do plan to watch it, especially now after that recap. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we were kind of out of out of sequence with Impact this week. They had this special that John, thank you for running down, um, and that was kind of just kind of a blip in the radar, and we're back to normal storylines this week. And what we have this week is. The debut of Jonah, formerly known as Bronson Reed. He will be in the impact zone. Any thoughts, guys? I think he belongs. He, he, he belongs at impact. I think I think his style lends perfectly to impact. And when he left, I was thinking that that's the place where he should end up. So I'm glad that he ended up there. Yeah, he's there and New Japan. Uh, John DeCani, anything? Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. He showed up right at the end of the the show that we didn't cover because it was two weeks ago, and uh, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be uh, it's a lot of fun having him uh, have another big guy around. Yeah, well, and I think it fit in very nicely in Impact. Well, Lord knows AEW wasn't going to sign him. His body fat percentage is too high. Absolutely. I mean, Twitch. I point to Luther and Evil Uno, <laughs> and th those guys. I'm bigger than both of them. <laughs> All right, well, two guys that are pretty chiseled. They're having a match on Impact this week. We have Chris Sabin versus the Drama King. On uh, and never mind that disclaimer in the corner. So, uh, John Smith, go to you. Who do you think? Yes, Sabin, the star of Wrestle House, or one of the stars, or Drama King Matt. Yeah, give me Saban. Uh, when he first came back, I thought he was just there to put people over, but I guess it's like, you know, it, it's a second big run for him. You know, so I'm going to go with Saban to keep on winning. John DeCani? Yeah, I agree. I'm, you know, I, I feel bad for him. Not that I cared much about him before this, but Ray Wolf has come in to really not do much of anything. And I, you know, I, I don't see his big run starting here. So give me Saban. Yep, I agree with you both. I think Chris Saban's going to take this one, and I don't think it'll be close. I don't think it'll be close at all. One match that might be a little closer, though, is Willie Mack and Rich Swan. They'll be Ooh. facing off against Joe Doring and Cody Diener on this week's episode of Impact Wrestling on Access TV. So uh, it is a tag match. WWE.com did not provide those images, by the way. <laughs> John DeConi. Uh, give me, uh, hmm. yeah, I want to take Swan and Willie, but, 
I think uh, Violent by Design needs to kind of get back on track. So give me them. All right, John Smith. I'm going with Willie. Okay. Any particular reason? Because uh, I love his music. All right. <laughs> I'm going to pick Joe Doring. Uh, I will ignore the fact that Cody Deaner's in the match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very I'm very much a child when it comes to making my impact picks. <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, Wrestle House. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. That said, guys, let's flip the script. We're heading into WWE territory to close out the show. We've got Raw, SmackDown, and then finally NXT. So here's where we stand in uh, in the world of WWE. We are headed towards day one, the next pay-per-view for wwe that'll be on january 1st huh day one makes sense we have our first big match signed and uh, seth rollins kicked off raw to tell us about it it's going to be Big E versus seth rollins for the wwe championship um but then kevin said he's got a match with Big E, and if he wins then he'll get the match again he'll, he'll be added to the match they called him a liar whatever all that happened and then Kevin Owens did beat Biggie, so that did happen, and now we are getting that match. So day one will be uh, Biggie versus Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Uh, and I'll tell you guys, here's what I'm thinking with this match is, to me, it seems like Kevin Owens is in this match to prolong the the Rollins and Biggie situation. I assume Kevin Owens takes the fall here, which will allow them to set up Seth Rollins versus uh, Big E again in a one-on-one -on -one match later on. But uh, I will ask you guys, early early predictions here. Are we going to see a WWE Championship run by Rollins or Kevin Owens here? Keep in mind, the Owens contract is up in January. Exactly. For that reason, I don't see it being Owens. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't – I just don't – it doesn't feel like the right spot for Rollins here either. I'm still yeah. holding on to the fact that, you know, Lashley's eventually going to come back and smash. Mm. Yeah. John Smith. Yeah, it's, it's too soon for him to lose it, especially after he just lost to Roman Reigns. Like they got to, they got to make him look strong for a couple more months. So I'm, I'm thinking WrestleMania probably will be when they take it off. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, Seth Rollins did get a win over Finn Balor in the opening <clears throat> as well to kind of close out that storyline. Uh, John Smith, bring us up to date on what's going on with RK Bro and the Dirty Dogs. Oh, so we got the RK Bro backstage, and um, Riddle was very upset that Randy didn't have his shorts on and he wasn't barefoot, and he was going to let him ride his stallion to the ring. And and Randy said that he's more out of his mind than he ever thought he was if he thinks that he's going to ride a scooter barefoot to the ring in shorts. So, so we get to the ring. Um, we get you know your standard good match from Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler with RK Bro. You know nothing, nothing spectacular. Um, the end of the match, we get uh, the a uh, attempted raw roll up by Randy Orton. Ziggler rolls through it, pops back up. RKO, one, two, three. Match is over. Yeah, we had a bunch of tag matches to go with this one on uh, on Raw last week. John DeConi, the Street Profits, were in action against the Alpha Academy. 
Yes, and uh, as an aside to this, uh, you know, last week we had the Street Profits uh, with AJ and Omos that ended with that horrible fire extinguisher uh, attack, if you will. And uh, we had AJ and Omos backstage right before this match uh, talking about how AJ's vision has been impaired and he's going, uh, he's coming for uh, vengeance against the Street Profits. So the Street Profits and the Alphas come down to the ring, and they're just getting ready to start the bell. AJ and Omos come out. Their music hits. They come out. AJ's got some sunglasses on. He's making like he literally can't see anything at all. Omos is kind of pointing him in the right direction. They eventually make it around to ringside. They join commentary. Uh, and the Street Profits and the Alphas have fun for about three minutes. When AJ, who is still selling, being completely blind at ringside, jumps up on the apron and interferes, uh, but he interferes unsuccessfully, and uh, uh, Montez Ford would then hit the from the heavens splash on Gable for the win anyway. It only took about a uh, little over three minutes, uh, and apparently AJ is a big fat liar. <laughs> well, also in tag action, uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, they beat up uh, they got a win over Cedric and Shelton, uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, and then in singles competition, Damian Priest got a win over Apollo Crews on Raw. If you hadn't had enough tag team action yet, there was a big 50-woman tag match. It included the whole roster. Um, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley, and Dana Brooke got a win over Becky Lynch, Queen Zelina, Carmella Dewdrop, and Tamina. This was a big 20-minute match, and Liv got the win, which makes sense since she's going to be challenging for the Raw Women's Championship. She hit Oblivion on Tamina, got the pin when uh, Becky attacked after the match, but Liv got the upper hand, so advantage to Liv Morgan heading into next week where we get the title match. Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan, Raw Championship on the line John Smith, I'm going to go to you. Is Jersey bringing home the belt? Is this Liv Morgan doing God's work for Al Carl and bringing a championship home? No, definitely not. <laughs> She's not winning this belt. I think she might win the match, though, possibly by a cowardly countout, setting up for, for a rematch at day one, possibly in a cage. Does she win that one? Probably not, but I will make that assessment when it happens. <laughs> John Bacani. Yeah, I, I don't see uh, uh, Liv's not walking away with the belt here. I'm assuming she's going to uh, she's going to lose outright. But I could see the scenario that uh, John laid out where Liv gets a win by uh, DQ or some other count out or something that uh, lets them move on to a rematch. You know, but it makes sense. But I'll say this: in in WWE, often you lead with the big stipulation match, and you and you settle things with the singles match. So, like maybe we should start this feud in Hell in a Cell and then finish with, you know, something like that. I digress. Um, yes, I will pick Becky Lynch to walk away with the belt. I like what John's saying, though. I'll pick Liv Morgan to win. James Wheeler says, though, if Liv loses, we riot with two <laughs> T's. Two T's. Right. Like what you did there. 
James. <laughs> all right. John DeCani, though, the, the sub story in all of Raw this week was had almost nothing to do with any of the matches. What's going on with Vince McMahon, chairman of the board on Raw programming these days? Absolutely nothing substantial to the show. Uh, <laughs> he, he started very early on uh, in his office again with Austin Theory, who we all know uh, stole his $100 million egg last week so that he could take a selfie with it. Uh, so he sits to, uh, Vince sits Austin Theory down with him and he invites him. He said, why don't you, you know, stay with me throughout the whole show? We'll watch the show together. Oh, okay. This seems like a magnanimous offering. And, and then, of course, Vince has to pipe up. And, and by the way, if you ever steal from me again, I'll kill you. <laughs> All right, Vinnie Mac. So they check back in with them a couple of times uh, throughout the program. And it, it seems like the lesson of the day is Vince is constantly talking about, see how that happened there? He wasn't expecting that. You got you to gotta know how to expect that. So we get to the end of the show, and Vince asks Theory, what have you learned? Well, the running commentary and the running theme was, expect the unexpected. And Vince is very proud of him. Okay, good for you. Yeah, that's a good takeaway. They stand up. Vince offers his hand in a handshake. Theory goes to shake the boss's hand. And what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap! <laughs> Slaps him clean across his grill and says, you got a lot to learn, son. Uh, well, Vince McMahon's over. I don't know about Austin Theory. <laughs> <laughs> what that had to do with anything, I have no idea, but Vinnie Mac got some screen time. There you go. All right. That said, uh, let's put our nameplates back up. There we go. Let's switch over to SmackDown. And uh, over on SmackDown, it was Jeff Hardy's night. Right, I mean, he teamed with Drew McIntyre to defeat Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss in the opening contest. He also went ahead and won the number one contenders battle royal in the main event. At least that's what we thought for a second until Sami Zayn rolled back in and uh tossed out Hardy. So now we have all set up Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. The match John Smith has called for the Universal Championship to change hands. Right, John? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so we've got this match all signed, all set, ready to go. Kayla is in the ring to get Sammy's post-match thoughts. But in her ear, she finds out a bigger news story, and that is the, the Beast, Brock Lesnar. It will be returning next week. Uh, so... That kind of derailed Sammy's post-match interview, and uh, and that's where we are with uh, with that for SmackDown. That's the main storyline going on in SmackDown right at the moment. But guys, Brock Lesnar, uh, what do you, what do you have to say about first of all, Sammy Zayn becoming number one contender? He's going to do a match with Roman Reigns. Not sure if this is going to be day one or if this is going to be Royal Rumble or if it's going to be on SmackDown next week. But then we got Brock Lesnar roaming around. So what do you make of all this? Start with you, John DeCami. I I think uh, Sammy's just there to take a beating. And uh, perhaps, you know, be the dis the in-ring distraction that allows Brock Lesnar to get to ringside and, and attack Roman Reigns. <laughs> John Smith, anything here? Um, I think they're going to find a way to give us Brock Lesnar versus Sami Zayn in a very quick squash match this Friday where Brock gets the, cha the, the chance of the title uh, 
uh, wins it from him. So I think that's where we're going to go with that. Isn't the story really that Sami Zayn legitimately earned a WWE Championship match by delivering Austin Theory to Vince McMahon as the person with the egg? Now he has legitimately earned a Universal Championship match that he's there's not going to be a clean finish in, right? Because Brock is going to destroy him. So the conspiracy continues and Sammy will continue to uh to shout his message uh to to nobody <laughs> <laughs> to anyone who will listen which is a very short list yes very short that wasn't all that happened on smackdown we did have a couple of other things uh john smith angel garza wrestled rick boogs in a thanksgiving leftovers match yeah, no, I really thought that this was going to be some sort of food fight or, you know, some anything goes kind of stuff, but it ended up just being like leftovers on tables on the outside of the ring. We got ourselves like a normal six or seven minute match. Uh, then we got Humberto Carrillo playing Boogs' guitar on, while standing on the leftovers table, and Nakamura sweeps the leg. <laughs> and we get, and we get, Umberto Carrillo going through the table, but that was the only like Thanksgiving ish thing about it. And then we get um, a distracted Rick Boogs, then gets uh, hit with a wing clipper for a one, two, three for Angel Garza. Vince loves Angel Garza. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Garza's the one who's getting all the all the wins for the team when they compete. Right, it's the wing clipper typically. And, and, also, he, and Vince loves Boogs. Boogs beats everyone. And now yeah. Garza beats Boogs. You know, maybe in Vince's mind, oh, this is a big win for Garza to set him up for something else. This is a preview of like WrestleMania 45 main event right there. <laughs> when these guys are 60. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, John DeCounty, Sasha Banks, and Naomi squaring off against Shayna Baszler and Natalia. Yes, indeed, and we had uh, we had Sonya on commentary because uh, this match came to pass because Sasha was complaining to Sonya that you set me up with a bunch of traitors on my team. I had no shot at the uh, Survivor Series. If I had had someone good like Naomi on my team, you know, I, I would have won. All right, so head on out there and take on Shayna and Natalia right now with Naomi. So Sonya was there at ringside. <laughs> And uh, she didn't get involved, though. She was on commentary. She had a couple of unpleasant things to say, but the match went a little over 10 minutes. Uh, Naomi would use a sunset. She kind of came back into the ring uh, in the form of a sunset flip to roll Natty up for the one, two, three. And Sasha and Naomi did, in fact, get the victory over Shayna and Natalia. There you go. And that's pretty much it for SmackDown. So we are going to transition over to NXT 2.0. It's a big week for NXT 2.0. We got NXT on tonight. We got War Games. What do we got, John? What's coming up? War Games. That's right. <laughs> let me quickly, let's quickly kind of go through some of the stuff, events that happened last week before we hit War Games tonight. Um, Tomasa Ciampa got a win over Grayson Waller. Uh, also, LA Knight agreed with the fan, the the chant, the fans chanting that Waller sucks. Uh, Joe Gacy informed 
LA Knight that those words are harmful, which obviously led to a match. LA Knight got attacked by Waller before he got to the match, so no match. Diamond Mind asked Gacy to leave since there won't be a match, and Ivy is up next. Ivy Nile got a win over Ulyssa Leon, by the way. Gacy doesn't respect Strong. Strong says Gacy is a money match. Match made for war games. We'll pick that up later. John DeCani, we're going to set aside the war game stuff. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, they got a win over Indy and Persia. Yeah, this match wasn't that long, only about three and a half minutes. Uh, but uh, in typical Casey and Caden fashion, they pulled out something we hadn't seen before. Uh, the finish came when Caden was uh, sitting on the top turnbuckle. And Casey went and jumped on her shoulders kind of into the uh, electric chair position. Caden would stand up and just kind of toss Casey off her to give her a little bit of extra height for a big splash on Indy. Uh, and Casey would get the one, two, three on Indy for the win. Okay. We continue our build towards war games. Santos Escobar, he gets a win over Malik Blade. Afterward, there's a promo spot. Legato wants the tag team titles. O'Reilly and Von Wagner come out. They want the tag team titles. Imperium says, you guys figure it out, and we'll face the winners at War Games. So our first match we got to pick, this is going to be on tonight on NXT 2.0. John Smith, I'll throw it to you first. Who's going to be facing Imperium at War Games? War Games. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I I got the missing link win in this one. Ah, uh, <laughs> missing link. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. It's going to be cool, Kyle and uh, Crow Magnum, man. <laughs> that would leave Legato Del Fantasma off the War Games show entirely, um, which could happen. I I tend to agree. I think um, I think I think that's the way this will go. At the same time, Kyle's deal's almost up, so I don't know. Maybe he gets pinned by Legato. So I'll pick, I'll, I'll stick with you guys. I'll pick Von Wagner. Uh, he's going to do all the work. So, Word. Cora Jade, of all people, got a win over Mandy Rose. Uh, Kaylee Ray was involved. Uh, plus, she said, Kaylee, Kaylee Ray, that she'll be the team's fourth. Ray even offers to wrestle the advantage match. So this week, tonight, we have Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai in the War Games Advantage match. Uh, John DeConi, who do you give the advantage to here? I think uh, we all love Dakota so much she doesn't really have to win. And uh, Kaylee Ray is just coming back with her new, you know, raging character. So it, it would it would kind of be surprising to me if she didn't continue her uh, little mini hot streak that she's on here. So I'm going to go with Kaylee Ray. Okay, John Smith, what do you think? Yeah, typically they have the the heels win these kinds of matches because you want them having the advantage in the you know yeah. you want you want something for the faces to come back from in the, in the match. But I, I agree with John here that you know Kaylee Ray is having uh, has her little range thing going. So yeah, I can see her winning this one definitely, and it's a ladder match too. So oh, I'm having a hard time with Kaylee Ray as a face. And I feel that's going to come into play here. Yeah, I feel that way too, actually. I can see her turning on her team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the last time she was in a War Games match that happened, and you know who uh, who turned was 
Dakota Kai. <laughs> All right. So that's the War Games Advantage match. John Smith, Briggs and Jensen, another tag match to, to recap. Briggs and Jensen get a win over the grizzled young veterans. Yeah, I wish they had given them more time, though. This one went less than five minutes. You know, they it was it was a nice hard hitting five minutes, but you know, the two of these teams, they they should be going two segments because they didn't really get to do much. Um, you know, we got you know, some typical heel tactics from the grizzled young veterans, but it looks like they're they missed the boat, man, because it looks like uh Briggs and Jensen are going to be like the next up up and coming tag team in this division. They get the win with the the high low double clothesline on um Drake who eats the pin 1 2 3 and yeah, it looks like Grizzled Young Veterans are kind of just like in purgatory right now. They may get relegated. Yeah. As long as they're not future endeavored. <sighs> yeah. <it's>, uh... <laughs> 82 people this year, so you never know. Nothing nothing can really surprise us anymore, I don't think. How many were hired this year, though? Like three. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's not many. <laughs> oh. Actually, to, uh, this is kind of a, a sidebar. They're not even saying, wish you the best in all your future endeavors anymore. Like uh, John Morrison came out to yeah, say that Morrison brought that up. Yeah, <laughs> he's like they they fired me. Didn't even hit their catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Back maybe the they catch maybe catch. they just don't wish them the best on their future endeavors now. Now because their future endeavors probably involve AEW, so why <laughs> would they wish them the best in those endeavors? Yeah, that's exactly it. They also didn't wish Ric Flair the best, and, and they kind of were amicable, it seemed like, in their, you know, when they broke up. But whatever. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes got a win over Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne in a triple threat match. Now, Tony D'Angelo was involved in the finish here. After the match, uh, LA Knight and Grayson Waller, who'd been brawling all night, they kind of made their way out to the ring. Trick, Mello, Waller, and D'Angelo got a beat down in on Gargano and Don and Knight until Ciampa made the save. And then, as John DeCani recapped so eloquently for no reason whatsoever, Ron Breaker comes out and he shouts, John Smith, you better do it. He shouts, War Games! <laughs> and that sets the stage for today's Essential Wrestling Podcast episode 82 main event. We're talking war games. So, are we not getting an advantage match for the men tonight? We are. We are. I'm saving it. Oh, okay. So, here is the scoring for war games it'll be 15 points for an NXT title match, nine points for all other matches, three points for non title matches. Kickoff matches will count. Although I don't know if there would be a kickoff. We don't even know. We don't know much about that yet. 12 points for War Games matches. So that's big. And a 15-point perfect pay-per-view bonus. There will not be an NXT title match because the champ is involved in the War Games match. So uh, there won't be that 15-pointer on this show. So 
All right, heading into this overall standings, I have a substantial lead, 94 points. Oof. Nothing you can do in this show is going to unseat me from the top spot, but Jesus. the Royal Rumble will the Royal Rumble is coming, and that's where the points are going to be dished out. Uh, so, but as we mentioned earlier, it's not because I'm good at NXT 2.0. <laughs> I am well down on the list. The world is upside down. Gary Maheffy is on top. John Smith, I don't know what you're going to do about that, but hopefully something. Can you get Tony D'Angelo to take care of him or something? <laughs> perfect pay-per-views. We do have an update. Al Carl got himself a perfect pay-per-view with Turning Point. So nice. he is up to three. John Smith, you still lead with four heading into uh, heading into. War games. Yeah, these are the these are the real standings, folks. Yeah, <laughs> these. Uh, hang on, no. <laughs> these are the real standings. <laughs> Don't be confused. Don't be confused. All right, let's see. James Wheeler says the background of the match card looks pretty accurate. Team Black and Gold versus Team Two Point. Yep. Yeah, with that. So James also asked this. Did LA Knight and Pete Dunn also turn face? Well, I got a little something on that too when we get to there. So stand by. All right. Well, let's start with the first match, guys. Uh, we have a hair versus hair match. And here's what I'll say as we go in. As I pulled these graphics together, I noticed that WWE doesn't even have a picture of Duke Hudson on their website. So I think that's how relevant Duke Hudson's hair is. Is it really a victory to shave Duke Hudson ball? John Smith, I'll start with you. You're the NXT guru. Grimes already been Grimes has already been trimmed up. Get the full on treatment. Oh man, that's like part of his gimmick is his hair. Uh, Says it reminds I, him of his his humble beginnings, his humble roots. Jeez, I wonder what he would look like with no hair. I, I mean, we got to, used to CM Punk without hair after he lost the hair versus mask match with Mysterio. You know, I'll go with I'm gonna go with Hudson. Yeah, unfortunately. Ooh. John DeConi. Yeah, I guess I kind of got Hudson too because it it doesn't make sense to book the match if the one guy who actually has substantial hair isn't gonna lose it. Al Carl has picked Cameron Grimes here. He says Grimes got his hair trimmed enough. That's his identity. No way. I'm picking Duke Hudson as well. <laughs> I don't think there's much. I could, I could also see Cameron Grimes losing, but, but somehow being sneaky and still getting, like, knocking Hudson out and shaving his head anyway. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Tonight might also change my mind a little bit. You know, not often does the face lose the hair match right you know? so yeah we'll see there okay the tag team title match imperium is going to be facing off against either o'reilly and von wagner or legato del fantasma and john DeCani, i'll throw to you first first of all does it matter and second of all who's gonna win <laughs> i'm not sure that it does matter i you know <sighs> I think, I think maybe we get O'Reilly and Wagner as the new tag champs. You know, I, I hopefully something will really cement it in my head tonight. There'll be some kind of interaction that you know 
makes me more solid one way or another, but that's the way I'm leaning right now. John Smith, are you cheering new champs? Yeah, I think that's the reason why the why Imperium won the belts in the first place, so they could be just transitional, so they could go from face to face right here. Um, I think they like what they see with, White, with the chemistry with O'Reilly and Wagner, so they're going to ride with it for a while. James Wheeler chiming in saying tonight might be Kyle, or that might, no, he's saying tonight might well be Kyle O'Reilly's last match in a WWE ring. I don't think his contract ends this week. Johnny Gargano's did, but he extended it 10 days to cover war games. Kyle, I think, has a bit more time. I think if they want him at war games, he can be there. Um, But I don't feel good about picking O'Reilly Wagner to win those titles, so I'm going to pick Imperium to hold on to them. Um, Regarding the Cameron Grimes match, James Wheeler says that the hair versus hair match has everything to do with Vince's plan for Cameron Grimes' new look. I don't know what this new look's going to be, but I'm not saying you're wrong, James. Stone Cold Cameron Grimes? Is that where we're going? (laughs) (laughs) You got to say it like Cameron Grimes does, though. Cameron Grimes! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roddy Strong defending that cruiserweight championship against joe gacy we talked about the setup for this earlier uh geez john smith jersey's own joe gacy is he gonna get the job done no i don't think so um even though they waived the the weight limit for it for for this match although it would be a good way to get that belt in as to you know transition it into a different thing you know, to be like a third title and not have a weight limit on it. But I, I don't think he's going to win it, though. John DeConi? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I st- I'm still not sure what's going on with Gacy and Harlan. Like, you know, like, is Harlan kind of like his pet? He's kind of like the gimp that he brings out every once in a while or, or whatnot. But even if he does come out, Roddy's going to have uh, the the Creed brothers there to counteract that. So I think uh, Roddy's going to hold on to this title. Yeah. Uh, Al Carl says Roderick Strong. Gacy is Jersey, but he just can't see him getting it done. Cheating by Diamond Mine for the win. Then what's his face? Cleans house afterwards. What's his face would be Harland, I think. Situation. <laughs> yeah, I will pick Roderick Strong as well. Um, by the way, Al Carl picked Imperium for the tag title match. He said um, they just got the titles. Can't figure out why they got the titles, but they just got them. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe after MSK's journey, they'll get the belts back. Well, Al Carl, if you would listen to what I said, you would know that they were transitional champions. And that's why they would lose them so quickly. There you go. That's right. All right, let's talk about our first War Games match. But before we do, John Smith, you recently went to MLW in Philadelphia to watch War Chamber. Oh, yes, and I thought it would be interesting just to talk about you know some of the differences between what we see in WWE and what you saw there. Well, the biggest difference is there was only one ring at the War Chamber, and I'm, I'm sure it was... That, that had to do with budget and arena size more than anything. Pro- probably mostly arena size. I'm sure they've got two rings. Um, 
the uh, the top was lined with barbed wire, but they never went up to the top, so they never used the barbed wire. I don't know why they did that. Um, it took them forever to put the thing together. I don't know how long. Know. It, it drops from the ceiling over in, uh, <laughs> in WWE land, but... You know, this thing, there was an intermission. We had, we, it was about a half hour between the last match, the two last matches. But, um, yeah, the ring is much smaller there, too. When once there was 10 guys in there, it was five on five. And once there were 10 guys in that ring, it was just a cluster bleep. So, you know, watching it on, uh, on NXT or WWE or whatever, it's, you know, it's a much, they could do a lot more. In, in the WWE's version of, of the of the match. Yeah. Now I'm not I mean, taking anything away from the match itself, though. It was a very good match. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, two things you pointed out, the the length of time. If you guys are going to it, anybody's going to an indie show ever and they advertise Steel Cage, expect that to take a long time. It always takes forever for them to put up a cage on the indies. Um the other thing, John, you saw the breakup of Contra, Contra unit. That's like a, that faction's yeah. been around for like four years. And that thing just broke up. So that was that was a big moment in MLW's history. And I think Contra is pretty much written off television at this point. So very interesting. Yeah, um, the guy from um, Lucha Underground was there. They and he announced Cesar like a new Duran. partnership. Yeah, Cesar Duran. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yep, and in, in Chicago Labor Day weekend, I saw a different version of War Games, and it was uh, a two-ring structure with plates of glass and light tubes. Very hardcore, uh, very, very scary at times. But uh, that was for GCW. So, all right, let's get into NXT's War Games, and starting off with the women's match, we have. Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai, which is weird, versus Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, and Kay Lee Ray. John DeConi, I'll give you the honors of picking first. What's happening here? Uh, I think, geez, I, I think Toxic Attraction and Dakota take this. Uh, it was just it was just brought up earlier that you know maybe Kaylee Ray is involved in that somehow and uh, turning on her team because her as a face just you know doesn't make a lot of sense. Not that she's you know she's not super she's not the superhero face so far. She right now she's just angry, so she's not you know she's kind of that weird tweener. Uh, but uh, yeah. I, I, I just think, you know, you had toxic attraction with all the gold. It it just would look weird if they turned around and lost here. And quite frankly, you know, yeah, okay, Raquel could get the pin, but it, it, it EO doesn't need it. Uh, Core Jade, uh, you know, make me believe that she pins Mandy. I, I don't see that happening. So, uh, and I think, you know, Kaylee might, might be uh, – kind of a double agent here so give me toxic attraction in dakota kai al carl says team raquel he picked mandy he picks raquel to pin mandy rose to set up a title rematch just the way that raquel pinned eo last year john smith i think that's an interesting thing when we look at both of these war games match where you have the champion involved is it a potential where the champion gets pinned just to set something up in the future and do we see yeah. that 
I, I could see that happening. I, I like the heels to win this one, though. So I'm gonna. I like Dakota getting the pin here because she hasn't gotten much in her in her time. She got the tag titles, but kind of got like overshadowed overshadowed by Raquel. So like usually they give people something like with that once in a while. So I like to give. I think they'll give that to her. Be the pin in this. I like the heels in this match, and I, I although I will say that I feel like the Dakota. Kai alliance with toxic attraction is pretty fragile too. I don't feel like that's like a like I I wouldn't be surprised if there's an issue there. And of course Dakota's turned on people at war games before, so sure. that wouldn't be shocking. But I also, you know, I, I'm looking at Kaylee Ray on that side and I'm just like, man, oh man, what this screams to me is that we're just gonna get Kaylee Ray versus Raquel Gonzalez at some point <laughs> in the future. I you know, I think that's that's what I think we're seeing. And I don't think the title needs to be anywhere near it. So I, that's kind of where I'm leaning here. And I'm, and so I'm taking the heels, um, but I don't know who benefits most from pinning who um, I guess getting a, probably going to be Corey Jade taking the pin if I had to bet now. So, all right, guys, start off in starting off first, we have a war games advantage ladder match. We don't know who's going to be in it. People are voting. In fact, they may have announced it already on uh, Twitter, but I bet you they haven't. So um, I guess you have thoughts on who might get the advantage, and then, then from there, uh, I guess we can go into who you think is going to win the match. John Smith. Those are some weird teams, man. Uh I, yes, they are. Give me the heels, even though <laughs> like there's heels on both sides, the faces on both sides, it seems. But yeah, like the the the, the, the Braun Breaker team is going to win the advantage match, I think. Okay, John DeConi, what do you think? Uh, well, I actually went on WWE and voted for uh, Gargano versus Carmelo Hayes, um, okay. and I think that uh, I, I think the Team 1.0 will will take the advantage match to uh, you know give them something to thump their chest about going in. You know we're gonna teach you guys a lesson. You know, we're gonna teach you youngins a lesson. And then of course I've got the youngins taking the actual war games match. Mm. So you have Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, Braun Breaker, and Camarlo Hayes winning. Who do you think's gonna who's gonna pin who? Is Champa eating the pin here to set up a title match? You think? You know what? It, it could be just about anyone there, you know, because, uh, yes, Ciampa uh, eating the pin sets up a title match. Uh, but, you know, they, they could make Gargano count the lights because it might be his last match. Uh, Knight seems to be uh, very susceptible to counting the lights as well. I, I really don't know who eats the pin here, but it, it would make the most sense for it to be Ciampa to set up uh, another title match with Breaker, presumably. Al Carl has picked Team Breaker. He says it's time for Braun Breaker to get his first big, big win. So that's where he is leaning. John Smith, what about you? Uh, yeah, you gotta go with the with the new guys on this one. Unfortunately, I don't think they should win, but yeah, I'll go with 2.0 on this one. Yeah, me too. I'm going 2.0. So I feel like we've uh, we've all gone around the horn. We've all said 2.0 is going to win. So it'd probably be 1.0. 
Um, but here's here's the situation when I look at this. I'm looking at these teams and like John Smith, I think you said it or somebody said it. These are some weird teams, John. You yeah. Said it. Um, yeah, I look at them and I'm like, okay, well, obviously we have a future title match here. Carmelo Hayes versus Ciampa is potential. Uh, we probably need to revisit this Braun Breaker and Ciampa thing maybe. Oh, yeah, but then if I look at the other team, I'm like, well, you know, there's always this Ciampa and Pete Dunn match we could probably go to. And it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Ciampa and Gargano, and maybe Ciampa gets a win over Gargano as Gargano's leaving the company. So I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> these teams are pretty bad. <laughs> like pretty loosely held together so um but uh, yeah i could see Ciampa moving on to face any of those guys so and when you just when you just look at it in terms of uh pure talent and you know uh resume there's no way in hell 1.0 should lose this match right but, but you know the the whole point of 2.0 means the 2.0 should win this match right exactly exactly all right. Anything else on War Games, guys? This is a big show. This is uh, one of our favorites. Yeah, just uh, looking looking forward to it uh, because you know they're going to do something that surprises you. You know, like last time having all the belts change or almost all the belts change in one night, and except the one that we all picked, or most of us picked, Smith. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you, you know something. Something interesting is going to come out of this because it always does, and they always just they they put on good stuff in the ring. Yeah, nothing better than an NXT pay per view. It's just like it's always solid gold wrestling from start to finish. So you know, I look forward to it. Yeah, this is the the first. Is this the first one of the two era? The other one was a TV special, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is the first one. So. All right, 2.0, show us what you got, right? Yeah. All up. right. Yeah, that said, well, let's move into promos. Join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the primetime rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And as we've been saying for weeks now, Listen to them for sports coverage, but man, listen to us for football picks. We are beating them. We have a six-point lead. They've, they've cut into our lead a little bit, but we still have the overall advantage. We have picked 50 matches, matches, listen to me, games correctly. <laughs> and here are our standings. Travis and John Smith kind of at the top um, if you score that one as a win. So... All right. Subscribe to the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. It's a new format, super easy to read. Over 4,000 people are getting it each Friday. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. Everybody likes free cakes, so check out the new-ish album from the Black Cats. You can get it on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, or pretty much anywhere else you listen. Uh, play loud. And, of course, ProWrestlingPick'em.com. It's a place where you can create or host the Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. <laughs> and, of course, this show, the Essential Wrestling Podcast. We're here every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. 
up 5 p.m. now. New start time, 5 p.m. You get all your updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Find out who you think will win the week's matches. Al will hopefully be back soon. He has left us for quite a long time. Larry Steve, always in our hearts. I have a random picture of Elf for some reason. John Smith, anything before we get out of here? Um, don't miss war games this Sunday, guys. It's going to be awesome. Right, important question for John Smith just came in. First of all, James Wheeler is taking Team Black and Gold all the way. But he is also asking, if Cody Rhodes ever turned heel at any point, John Smith, would you still think he's trash? I will always think Cody is trash because Cody <laughs> is trash. Yeah. And that's what was that. Yes, the best the best Cody we ever got was Stardust. That's the, <laughs> that's what he belongs as. Cody is Stardust. Wow. John DeCani, anything? No, just looking forward to War Games. Good stuff coming up this weekend. All right, sir. Well, then take us home. All righty. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors.